been doing a preaching series called Leveling Up. She was inspired by Super Mario. I was around when the first Nintendo came out. And I got one cheap second hand when the second Nintendo came out, which is the way to go if you want to save money. Everyone's got the latest one and you've got the old one. A lot of game time, a lot of fun. So, um, my heart for this message is that I would help to encourage you in that whole idea of leveling up. Isn't sort of you striving and you working harder to become something more, but it's actually an unveiling of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, it is. Go to the mic closer to the Stuck to my chin, it's all right. So yeah, this is the whole leveling up thing I think is about stewardship, not about, you know, kind of make people more productive. Ephesians 4.13 says, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we have Christ inside, and what we're essentially trying to do as Christians is to let him live his life through us more fully. So I want to start from the beginning, right back in Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, I want to start by talking about how we're called to be fruitful and multiply and fill. And I love that Naomi talks about if someone comes within your proximity, you know, you have an influence over them. Yeah. And let's believe that they can be touched by the power of God. Yeah. That's awesome faith. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And so, what we're essentially doing is we've been given this beautiful um, new creation identity in Christ alive in our hearts in the same way that Adam and Eve were made to walk in the cool of the garden in fellowship with God how they were called to live in, in this beautiful relationship in this beautiful place but it wasn't just to remain at that point they had an assignment to advance the creation they weren't just sitting there picking mangoes. Right? They, they had a job to advance, to be fruitful, to be multiplied, to subdue it. Yeah. And I think that's such a great picture for us of how we're called to live as believers. Because we receive this great gift of God almost in seed form, and we have the responsibility to take it somewhere further. We get to partner with God 
to release this potential that's within silence. And in terms of leveling up and increasing in the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ, I want to encourage you that you have the capacity to continue to advance what God has done in your heart. Yeah. It's like a double blessing. We receive this great blessing of God, and by His grace, He blesses us to advance it, to advance His kingdom, to, to let Christ increase in our lives more and more. And that is a responsibility that we have. Yeah. And it's shared between us and with God. Yeah. And being good stewards of the blessing of everything that He's bestowed upon us. I love that we get to participate. I love that about the gospel. The Lord wants to overthrow the powers of darkness through his people. And so we get to participate in the principles of the kingdom. And you'll know that you're advancing the kingdom of life when the fruit of the Spirit is increasing in your life. And so then when I think about the seed, it's like the reality of Christ, all that he's done for us. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. We are the stewards who then take hold of that and advance. Matthew 13 talks about the seed falling on the good soil. In verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil used a crop a hundredfold, sixtyfold, or thirtyfold, which is what Naomi was talking about when she brought that corn cob in and showed you that one corn produces however many hundred it was in that cob, and however times that again by that number of every single corn in that cob, and you get the understanding of what that multiplication of the kingdom is like. James 1, it says, Verse 21, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. The word is implanted. It's the same language in garden again. See, right there. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's the seed of the word growing in us, increasing within us is able to save our souls because we are growing up into that measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. He goes on to say, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise you are deceiving yourselves. For anyone who hears the word but does not carry it out is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after observing himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and continues to do so, not being a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer, he will be blessed in what he does. So once again, you're seeing that 
blessing of the Word of God and then the doer of the Word taking hold of that, applying it to his life, doing it or her life, and then the fruit as he advances the blessing of the kingdom of life is his blessing all he does. most, says in an old hymn. 
enemy will do whatever he can. He knows the areas, the, the things that charm us. So I want to draw the parallel to, to Israel. They're now in this situation where Adam has given, Adam and Eve have given their authority over to the devil. And the Lord is through his restoration using Israel to be his blessing to the nations, to be his royal priest of his holy nation. And in the same way that they are called to keep the sanctuary. For God clean. It's all good to me, I think. Um, Christians, we have to keep our hearts clean our hearts have become the sanctuary of God. It's for the sake of intimacy that we don't compromise. And interestingly enough, church leaders have the responsibility to judge those within the church who refuse to repent of sin and immorality.
called to keep ourselves unpolluted by the world. I love that it's like it's when you have a relational paradigm where you enjoy the Lord, you it becomes a desire to not want to violate the love that you have in that relationship with God. So you're not trying to sort of do it in a, in a vacuum. You're doing it in your relationship with the Father out of your desire to be holy and pleasing in His sight. So that you would have that union that you were made for. Because sin bring, takes you away. Sin causes shame, causes you to hide, causes you to withdraw. Compromise. You, it's always there. So there's always sin when you start to see someone withdrawing back from family, from withdrawing from community, separating himself from the love of the Father. First Peter one, verse thirteen says, "Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you." revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Hebrews 12, verse 14 to 17. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears.
Luke 8, and I think in Mark as well, but I'm going to focus on Luke 8. In that one chapter, Jesus performs four miracles. The first one, he calms the storm as they're crossing over in the Sea of Galilee. Then when he arrives there, he casts out the demons, the demonized man. Then um, he's on his way to heal a girl who's died. And the woman with the issue of blood touches him. So she's healed from her disease. And then he gets to the, the girl who's died and raises the dead. So in that chapter, he demonstrates his authority over nature, over the demonic, over disease, and over death. And then the first thing he does in chapter 9, gathers up all of his crew and sends them out. Luke 9, he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. reading in the footnotes what that's all about. And Brian Simmons is brilliant at this. He talked about the reason you're not to take a staff because the Lord is your strength. And the reason you're not to take money is because he is our treasure. And bread because he is our living bread. And money, I said to do money. And clothes, that's fit. a change of clothes because you're clothed in righteousness. You stay in those clothes. Recently, um, well, in fact, not recently, but over the last couple of years, I've been really intentional about praying to see the kingdom advance through my life. I'm like, come on, Lord, like, why? You know, you want your people to, to do things. You know, I have the verse from Daniel people who know me will do exploits. Why 
God, I want to do some exploits. I want to do stuff. Like, come on, like, let's see this happen. And just contending for prayer, like, that, that we would rise up as a people, and this idea of leveling up is what I've been seeking, you know, in my own life in prayer for the last couple of years. I'm starting to see doors open and things happen. And I just, I wholeheartedly believe that the Lord wants the same for all of us as we contend in prayer and seek to, you know, have a greater influence, you know, and to be faithful with what he's put inside us, to advance his kingdom. And so I was praying about that, and even with that um, art exhibition that I was part of in, in Darwin, it was, I, I just felt to declare the name of Jesus over that whole thing. I had a sneaky suspicion that I couldn't be with the shout like getting the prize. But a couple of days before, just like the week before, I was like, just back in that place of contending like, for the Lord to just break through. Because the favor of God is supposed to be on our lives. And I'm seeking to live like in the way I've just preached to you. you know? And I'm like, come on, Lord. And I just felt to get up and declare the name of Jesus over the things. So I'm like, Lord, just declare the name of Jesus over that portrait competition. Pray that your will would be done, Lord. That might not be me winning, but your will be done. Come on. And I'm just like, yes, the favor of God. And when I found out about what I was talking to the judges and they said that they looked at all, all the paintings and they'd gone away and, and they couldn't decide. They'd all gone away separately and they couldn't decide. And they, they just weren't clear. It wasn't clear what the result was. And then they rejoined on the Friday and I worked out that it was about Wednesday or Thursday that I was up in the night declaring the name of Jesus over there. And they're like, when we came back on the Friday to meet together again, they were all like, yes, that's the painting. That's the one. And it was something would come to life in their mind and it stuck with them. Don't tell the organizers of the competition that I was cheating. But, you know, they, it was just something was so cool to hear that. And like, wow, but, you know, at that precise moment, like, I knew I was clearing the atmosphere. I was saying, whatever, if there's opposition coming against it's what I break to carry in Jesus' name. And, yeah, again, I don't share that to boast, but I share that because it's like intending to like advance, yeah. to, to, to do exploits, to do things in our community, to like make things happen. Like if we don't, someone else will. Yeah. And they'll get the opportunities, and they'll get the platform, and, and it's like, you know, I want to be the man with my sphere of influence and the gifts of the kingdom impacting this world because I'm the man standing there. Yeah. You know, so let's go, we can do this. Yeah. You know? So that's not, I mean, I've preached to that before, like, really big, let's make things happen. So I want to finish by reading Ephesians 1 to you, just starting at verse 3. Because this summarizes what I'm trying to communicate. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption 
through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering, remembering you in my prayers, that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ, and he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I want you to stand to your feet. union with you in any 
Thank you. 